great moments are born from great opportunity. Football is about controlling that anger, harnessing that aggression into a team effort to achieve perfection. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. Hi, uh, Colorado Coach Em Up, episode number seven. We're back, bubs. Um, number seven, it's kind of crazy. People are like, oh, you guys already got seven episodes. I'm like, yeah, it's a, we're, we're, we're moving. We are, we are. We're moving. moving. Topics, it's been good. It's been a while. Uh, are you a New Year's resolution guy? Kind of, sort of. Um, not as much as I probably should be. What about yourself? I, I like to reset, but I usually like reset intentions about around my birthday like sure. I, I always say like oh my birthday is my new year you know? yeah you kind of restart there yeah yeah so but not big i'm not big yeah. I, I don't ever stick with them anyway sure no it's <laughs> tough man we're a couple of weeks in like i'm at the age now where it's like wait right we start talking about like gym time and all that stuff yeah but i kind of transition into more like business goals yeah you know like three months like i'm gonna do stints rather than the year try to accommodate something at three months go from there you know yep and I think, like, as you get older, it, it you get more perspective and you start to realize what's more important. So, like, always, I always try to make the commitment. I want to spend more time with my friends. I want to spend more yeah. time with my family. Those type of things. Oh. Instead of, All know, good stuff, man. My all fitness is, is going all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At 40, dude, though. God. Good, man. It's, all <laughs> it's, it's tough. <laughs> Episode 7. Who's the greatest number 7 of all time? We kind of talked about it, man. And, <laughs> you know, we got, like... I'm going to have to go all the way, too. Thank I'm, you. I'm not a big Bronco fan, and it's not the Homer answer, but when that guy was on the field, you watched. Yep. He, yeah. The Duke. That's his nickname. He was the Duke. It is the Duke. The Duke. The Duke. The Duke. And he is the greatest number seven of all time, and I am a Homer. And Think about some other number sevens we brought up, though. Mickey Mantle, right? We brought up Mantle. Mantle. Brought up. Like uh, old school, like Randall Cunningham was like a seven. Really good seven. Yeah. It, impressive. It was a fun to watch. Mike Vick. Mike Vick was very impressive too. Ben Roethlisberger. Um, Big Ben was seven. Melo was seven for a while. He was. He wore seven. Oh, we brought up Kaepernick too. Uh, <laughs> was he Dick? seven? I think he was seven. Was I could he? be wrong. Uh, I don't know. We'll, don't, we'll have to look into know, that. Dude. Might have been seven. Anyway, we're going to do something different today. We're going to kind of mix it up, discuss some more sports topics. We're, we're going to definitely hit on some coaching stuff. But in order to do that, we had to bring somebody in. We did. Um, someone that's definitely going to mix it up, like you mentioned. Yeah, Mr. Um, Controversial was, himself. Yeah, Mr. Controversial himself, just a, a good friend of ours, somebody that always uh, has a different opinion, uh, but something that we value. Yeah. He's a sports guy. He's a sports guy. 100% sports guy, some stuff that we uh, we definitely appreciate, you know. So. Yeah, and, and he's going to keep it live, and it's going to be fun. Um, anything that comes out of his mouth, I am not responsible for. None of us are responsible <laughs> for it. We all want to have jobs tomorrow and make sure that we're uh, still having our community behind us. So yeah, we apologize now. Yeah, apologize in, in advance because <laughs> it's about to get live in here. Sure. Um, with that being said, let's bring him out.
What's up? What's up? How you guys doing? I'm good. That's How are good, you? Man. Pretty good. Well, well, we couldn't get Skip Bayless, so I guess I was the second best option. Oh. <laughs> um, Already, here we go. Already, we're ready to start. No, but uh, first, uh, before we get started, I just want to tell you guys thank you. You know, I appreciate you guys keeping me in mind. Episode number seven, I guess lucky number seven, you guys waited. You know, could have used me from episode one, but, <laughs> you know, I'm not complaining. So, uh, who made this jacket? Um... Uh, Episode 7 is sponsored by Fashion Nova. <laughs> Head over to FashionNova.com. I think they have a code right now, extra 23, uh, free shipping. Free shipping. Man, you tune in, free shipping right there. I love it. Hey, best Eric Duran story. Like, tell me tell me where it started, Jess. <laughs> Eric's got a shot at at parties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Best Eric Duran story. That That's deep. I think this, and this is not dog, like, Eric walked home one night. No, my, my, my favorite thing about Eric, like, and this is 100% honest from the bottom of my heart, Eric is always there. Um, he he loves us as friends. I think he's the glue that keeps our friend group together because of who he is and the passion that he brings to everything that he does. And we're surprised he's still here because in, when what was your 21st birthday when we were in Vegas? Yep, 21st. Eric gave a speech that he was going to die young, but we're happy he's still here. I'm still 39, so get happy. Oh, man. <laughs> No, Eric is a good friend. He uh, just good with our family. He's always respectful. And uh, but my favorite sports Eric Duran story is Eric Duran was the starting quarterback in eighth grade. I hadn't met him because he was at Kettner. I was at Rishul. Powell Cardinals, right? So our Redskins and Cardinal teams uh, combined. So they could beat the Hawks. So we could beat the Hawks for sure. Because we did. We did like beat the Hawks, but you know some controversial stuff there too. But. Uh, they, I get a phone call. I wasn't going to play that year because they combined. I'm like, you know you know what? I'll just get ready for baseball. They're like, hey, man, we need a quarterback on this team. So I go, and I'm first practice, Eric Grant starting quarterback. Starting dude right here. This guy's playbook, dressed in fancy, jumpsuits, the dude. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to work a little. Let's just say two practices later, they got a new starting quarterback. And uh, we had a new right tackle. And uh, I appreciate you helping out that year. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, keep, keep my blind side good to go. We, it was a good time. So so always good, man. Eric was always the life of the party. And uh, we valued his opinion in sports. Always. Yeah. Always. Well, I appreciate it, fellas. I appreciate it. So what's this going to look like, E? Like, we, we kind of said you could come in here and you can do it the way you want. You want to get me and Bubba going a little bit. So what, what are we looking at? You know, I think uh, there's a lot of hot topics right now in the sports world. Um, but I know you guys like to focus on the high school level. Um, you guys are vastly experienced in both your sports, uh, baseball and football. Um, so we're going to talk uh, some issues that, you know, cross over in both. And then, you know, towards the end, we're going to do some, you know, word association questions, some quick rapid questions. And uh, I got some uh, questions in the inside pocket to pull out. <laughs> That I didn't I'm share with you. I'm the nervous, Bubs. <laughs> I love it. But um, you know, let's get into this. So let's go. Both of you guys have been high school coaches for many years. Yeah. What is the importance of having a well-rounded athletic director? Bubba, we'll start with you. Uh, vertical alignment with your administration is number one, man. Number one. So. Uh, just recently, guys, I, I had an opportunity to go back to the high school level and uh, and was offered an opportunity from a principal, which was a little different. Um, after taking a Zoom call with the principal and the new athletic director, there was just a lot of questions as a coach from experience I had that I just thought didn't vertically align at the right time. 
you know, and nothing bad, nothing good, right? Because, like, a coach goes in with his style. I'm sure as an athletic director, which Jesse will talk about, he has his style also, right? And sometimes those just aren't the right fit. And I think, uh, you know, coaches accepting positions, coaches applying for positions, um, my goal always taking interviews is, like, I never went in nervous is because I was, as a candidate, interviewing the administration if I wanted to be there, right? You got to be in two feet as a coach rather than, well, it was kind of off my path, but I wanted the job. Like, if it's not vertically aligned, that could be issues um, in the future for sure with the program. So just have a game plan, youth coaches. Like, if you're attempting to promote through the ranks and coach at the high school level, collegiate level, like, have your values and see if that aligns with you. Because if not, um, and and you're positioning and redeveloping yourself too much, it's it's not a fun road, you know? So Now, Jesse, you've been on both sides of that line. Um, first of all, as a coach, what do you expect from an AD? And now as an AD, what do you see differently now that you can see, you know, hindsight 2020? I think as a, as a coach, what I want from my athletic director is, and you could chop this up in a bunch of different ways, it's support, right? I don't need you to be a coach. I don't necessarily want your opinion as to what I'm doing as a coach. What I need from you as an athletic director is to clear the road so I can coach. You hired me to do a job. So allow me to do that job and make it so that it's easier for me. Um, as an athletic director, I think the biggest perspective that I had is finances. We, as coaches, don't necessarily get down to the nitty gritty and how that money is divvied up and how it's exchanged here and there. But there, especially when you're talking about school finance, there are so many different ways how that money can be spent and should be spent and this and that. So booster clubs become important, right? Because they have no no uh, real boundaries except for to follow some rules from the school. So I think that was my big eye opener when I became an athletic director. I was like, oh, this this is not like, why aren't you giving me money? I know you have money. It's, it's not that easy. Like there's, there's a lot to it. Now to piggyback off that, he brought up finances. As a head coach, are you privy to those numbers? Um, you are, if you, like, if you're a smart head coach, you'll ask what the annual stuff is. Like each district is going to vary, right? So our annual budget at Denver public schools was different than Jefferson County public schools, which was completely different than Colorado Academy, which is a private sector. Um, so I think those are all pretty important questions. Well, while the hiring process, you know, ask those questions. Good answers. Oh, you know. and I, I, I have no problem as an athletic director. Yeah. Our, our, your head coach needs to know. And Bubba told me this, like, he, he told me, um, because of my perspective as a head coach, it's gonna have add value to my position as an athletic director. Because I, I as a coach, I needed to know what I had, what, what, what was coming in, what I couldn't spend, this and that. So I always wanna be open and honest with my with my coaches. I'm in a in a district right now and, and we're very fortunate, like we, we can provide a lot and it's really, it's really, really nice. Awesome, awesome. So as everyone knows, it's Colorado. It is. We, it's cold. It's cold in here, but <laughs> it's, it's cold in this room. That's crazy. If I keep doing this, it's, my nose is dripping away. It's cold. Um, Fashion Nova came and helped out. You're good. I had to. <laughs> and a sweater. That's one strike. Um, Deion Sanders is, is in Boulder, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, the big thing that has come with Deion Sanders is, I mean, recruiting has always been a big part of athletics at the, high, at the college level. And we're seeing it with Deion, with guys coming from Jackson State, the transfer porter guys decommitting from schools and join you know him up in boulder what is the high school or what's what's the recruitment at, at the high school level in colorado sports 
What's it like? I think it's, in my opinion, it's it's pretty cutthroat. I think there's a lot of promises being made to kids that can't you can't possibly follow through with those promises. And that's the part that really gets me upset. You know, like you're, you're promising kids playing time. You're promising a freshman if he comes to your school that he's going to be the starting quarterback. And I'll tell you this right now, like as a 14-year-old kid, you do not want to play against 18-year-old kids on, on the varsity level. You Your confidence will be shattered instantly. Unless you're LeBron James. It, unless unless you are, are that good. And like Lionel Messi. <laughs> yep, like Messi. <laughs> Do we need to get in that right now? No, we don't need to get in that one right now. It was a great off-camera conversation, though. Uh, what are your thoughts on recruiting at the high school level? It happens everywhere. Um, I think now with with high school coaching changes happening, happening, and then you got Chassa with like open enrollment. There's just it, the floodgates are wide open for it to happen. It's unfortunate, um, but if you're a high school coach and you're losing athletes from your program, I, I think you got to tighten things up and 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 I don't want to say necessarily do better, but Make, give them an opportunity or present the opportunity for them where they don't want to leave. You know, like you can get in the same argument of like high school baseball players leaving to play. I'm, I'm sure you'll touch on it in a little while at the at the club level, right? Like you don't want them to leave and do a better job so they don't leave. You know, like and we're, supposed, we're, supposed to, we're supposed to disagree on this one, but, I, but you can hit the head on that any better because I think – the recruiting once the kids are in high school isn't as heavy, and I may be naive with that. What happens in high school is I'm not getting my way, so I want to leave. And usually that's the parent. It's not the kid. I'm not starting. I'm not getting this playing time. I don't like the coach, whatever the case may be, and that's when the shifting moves. So once they're in high school, I don't think you got so many coaches reaching across the board to, like, steal an athlete. It's true. But I do think there are more attractive programs, right? I, I think the way if I watch a Bubba led practice, they, there are way coaches do things to where I like. I like that. Why is my coach doing that? So you got to stay current. You got to stay enthusiastic. You got to make your place the place where kids want to be. Well, let's let's piggyback off that. When we grew up, it was simple. You played for your neighborhood team. You played for the high school. You went. There was no AAU programs. There was no you know college prep teams, independent teams. It's a booming business right now. Is there any fear that AAU and, and secondary teams will take over what high school athletics have become and the, you know, the norm of high school athletics will change as we know it? I think they've, it's already changed the way high school athletics is running. You see it with the way officials are treated. We just talked about it with the recruiting and the jumping ship. That's a, that's a club thing that happens often, right? Like, I'm not getting my way with this club, so I'm going to go this club. Yeah. And I'm paying this dollar amount, so I deserve to, to play. So I think it's already shifted. Um, the one thing that I always hang on to as from a high school standpoint is you don't get the high school experience from playing AAU. Like, Having your, your friends there at the games and playing in front of your peers and things like that, you don't get that with AAU. Yeah, you get to travel. Yeah, you get to do all, all of that stuff, but it's not the high school experience. The, the waters are completely muddied right now, there's, and there's no turning back because you said it's a business. And like anything in this country, if it's making money, it makes sense. No, for sure. I look on the baseball standpoint, like you get kids that want to play at the collegiate level, and our high school season is a 23-game season. We're playing high school baseball in the spring season. Where in Colorado, that's the coldest season. So if you put that season on the calendar, you're asking kids to really only sacrifice 90 days 
where their club teams are playing 50 games through four months of summer and fall. Um, and they think the route is, hey, if, if I'm going to get more exposure and get seen, it needs to be at the club level. Um, so so I think, you know, that'll never go on the baseball side of things. Um, Jess made a good point. Like, just the community involvement. Like, everyone's asked, like, hey, man, like, you're coaching at the collegiate level or you're in your own club facility. Like, why would you even contemplate going back to do any of that stuff at the high school level. And my thing is, it's just like, we're developing high character kids that are in a community. Like they all go to the same King Supers. I was excited to put that lineup together rather than pick Joey, Jimmy and Johnny from Parker, Colorado to um, Windsor. You know, like I enjoyed putting that formula together with kids that were all part of the same community. One other way that it's really affecting high school sports right now is officials and an umpire in baseball can go work a tournament on the weekend and work six, seven games and make a good chunk of change. You're at the high school. We're trying to have you come up a game or two and we're not paying very well. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so um, officials, because there's still club going on during our high school seasons are like, I'd rather go do this than do this. So it, it's, it's rough from that standpoint. Yeah, think about this. So like to go back to the official side, on the baseball side, they're doing time limit games, mm -hmm. right? So time limit, it's hourly wage. Where at the high school level, you, like it could be a four-hour game and they're and getting paid the same amount. Same amount you know, amount. so so yeah. So there's there's talk flux. right now about going to time limits uh, for that purpose because it, it makes it more appealing to an official, and you can't play the games without an official. Exactly. To continue this discussion. In recent years, NIL's name, image, and likeness is now hitting the high school level. Guys like Arch Manny, Mikey Williams, making seven figures as 17 and 18-year-olds. What kind of negative effects will that eventually have on the high school level? I think that the biggest negative effect is everybody thinks that they're Arch Manning. Like, you see Arch Manning get seven figures. Please go watch him work. Like, please go observe him do his work and master his craft because not everybody in high school is doing that. And I talked to, uh, it's your want versus your work, right? Like you want something, are you willing to work for it? It's out there and I don't, it's not going anywhere. Um, so I think that's the biggest problem is that everybody sees that and everybody's gonna think that they deserve that. Oh yeah, similar to piggyback off that, just the, uh... The quality, how diluted that can get, you know, you figure everyone is a social media bandit right now, right? Yeah. Everybody wants everything filmed. I got kids in shorts throwing bullpens into a nine slot, not even a live catcher, and they want everything videoed, you know? So I just think the how diluted that can get quality-wise is uh, eventually going to be an issue because of things like that. It seems like both of you guys are against I'm not. I'm not it's against not it. I, I. I think. Like, yeah. I think one thing that always bothered me at the collegiate level was when you know kids would go sign their jerseys. Right? They people are wearing their jerseys. That's them. They deserve to get money from that because th that's them. They're the ones that are doing it. So, I don't. I don't have a problem with it, and I don't have a problem with businesses capitalizing on it. Yep. What I think is going to be the issue again, like I said, is that. Everybody's gonna think that they deserve it. Like everybody thinks that they deserve a Division One scholarship. Let's uh, let's change topics here for a second. All right. Um, Monday Night Football. Mm. Uh, I think we saw one of the scariest injuries in any sport, you know, in our lifetime. Uh, as a football coach and an avid, you know, football fan, mm -hmm. which you are as well. 
what kind of that that kind of injury? What kind of effect does that have on the number? It's already declining. Folk, you know, football is at the youth level. Mm -hmm. What does what does that do to the already declining number? I think first, and they said it over and over again on the broadcast, right? Like that was rare. You know, going into cardiac arrest and and that happening on the field. It's not like a concussion. It's not like a torn ACL. It's not like a torn Achilles. It, it doesn't happen, right? But it's going to have an effect because it was scary. But, I, I mean, I watched that scene unfold, the aftermath of that scene, and you can't help but to feel for the, the man and, and get choked up about it, especially as someone who loves football. And then you see all the, the players rally around him, and, and they're getting choked up. So it's going to have an effect. There's Football is under a microscope all the time. And that was on the biggest stage, maybe the biggest game of the year. And like I was telling you, it was starting out to be a good game. Yeah. So you can't, there's no way you can say that's not going to have an effect. If I'm a parent watching that, I was, I was, I am a parent. I was watching it with my sons. And those thoughts went through my head. Like my son, Philip, the older one, he makes up games in his head, football games, and he throws passes to himself and he's running back and forth in the living room, pretending, making up players. He does, he loves it. And I'm thinking like, dang. I, you, you're, you're going to question it, and you should question it. Well, let's continue on that. Have you questioned it? As, what, is it what, is he turned he's nine? Nine, nine. Has he started pads and helmet yet? He started this last year, pads and helmet. And it, it was rough. It was because when you're a coach, and you know how it's supposed to be taught and how to teach it the right way, and and it, it maybe isn't getting that way, um, you do question it, you know? And, and I, I question, you know, does, does he have a passion for it? And I know he loves the game, but you, you love the contact. There's two different things. You could love the game of football and not love the contact because when that happens, it's a completely different ball game. So yeah, I question it. Um, I don't think to, to stick up for football, I guess, for like, I don't think youth and high school football is catastrophic the way it's been portrayed. Yes. I think when you get to the collegiate level and when you get to the professional level, the impact of those, that contact because of how great those athletes are is far more severe. And I also think, just to keep going on it, I think the NFL should look, <laughs> I think the NFL should look at more exit strategies for their players because depression happens. When you stop playing baseball, when you stop playing sports, we identify so much as that's who we are, right? And that takes away. So, yeah, there's head injuries, but there's also this depression that comes with, like, I'm not the football player anymore. Nice. You said something. You said you questioned, you know, does my kid have a passion for it? Your kids, at being a baseball coach, your kids love baseball. Yeah. I've seen that they have the passion for it. As coach and dad, where do you cross the line? Or where do you draw the line? I'm going to be dad first and foremost. I don't think I've really, like, I haven't coached my kids at the youth level, which I enjoy. And then I know you say, you, you know, you have a passion. The passion I know is when I can walk in this facility and I can find my kid with his own ball bucket hitting by himself for a half hour straight, like, that just happens, right? I don't have to crack the whip. I don't got to remind him to do it. They just, it's just there. So I think that the line is, even as a parent, you want to provide what you think they like, right? You're going to provide something for them. And then the passion that they grow is really within themselves. 
and I see that, man. Like, just the, you know, working while you wait type atmosphere. I haven't really had to crack the whip with my oldest. He'll get to high school now where he's going to need to compete with kids that are older than him. And I may cross that path as he gets to that competition level where he's not the best kid, around, you know, so. Um, but dad's going to be first and foremost. I want to jump in the car and, and just have those normal conversations rather than those coaching combos. Um, and I'm lucky, you know. Yeah, let's let's stick with the the parent aspect right now. Okay. Um, you guys know how hard I work, the hours I put in. <laughs> I can only imagine, though, how many hours a coach, like a legit care for my team, care for my players coach puts in. What effects does that have on the home life? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a good and question. I, we've had these conversations yeah. before off camera, but I think it's something that you guys need to, you know, go in depth to. Because I don't think, like you said, helicopter parents, you know, parents who don't know what they're doing. I don't think they understand, you know, the time, energy, effort, and love you guys put into it, knowing that you guys also have a family at home who is missing out on father time. So what kind of effect does it have? So I'll paint a picture for you. So when I was the head football coach, football season, I was leaving the house at 6.30, 6 to get to school by 7 um, because of where we lived, and I was getting home at 7.30. My wife, and there's a special place in heaven for a coach's wife. There's there's a saying out there, sure. right? Because they have to take care of everything. And it was it was easier when we didn't have kids. When it started to weigh on me was when I was getting home with enough time to kiss my kid on the forehead, say goodnight, and I'll see you in the morning. Goodbye. I'm gone for another 12, 13 hours. Every day. Every day. So you do, you have to have a passion for kids to step away from your own kids. Yes. And you're lucky, like these coaches that do it for 20, 30 years, I tip my hat to them because the effect that it does have on the family is, it could be catastrophic. They say that coaches have the highest divorce rate because of the hours it, it, and there's no there's no fast track to it you can't get around the hours now your kids were young so they maybe not remember you know can remember yeah those long days and, and and stuff like that your kids are old enough to know shit dad was on the road for two days coaching college baseball yeah have you had those conversations all the time kids? yeah all the time man we uh we, we over communicate all the time you know like we tell them why dad does it like how it's an important time for dad um, with just my process, you know, from where I started and, and what I'm doing now. Um, but you always want to make sure you're on the same page with them. Like I talked about vertical alignment earlier, like the golden alignment is just your home life. Like my, my oldest is going to be a freshman next year. I got a middle school kid. Like you explain to him what's going on. And, and essentially at the collegiate level, it, it is work. It's like I'm traveling for work, man. Like I'm getting paid to do it. We're on the road for a week, two weeks, whatever. It's work, you know? Yeah. But my family comes first and foremost. You always, always over communicate it. I'm lucky enough, um, you know, being a head coach with my high school tenure, the kids are out on the field a good portion of the time. Yeah. I don't think everyone really realizes that we talk about like spring sport, right? Just as a fall sport. Like if you're a head coach, it is a year round sport. It's year round. It is 100% 365 year round. If you're doing it at the, if you're doing it the right way, in my opinion, because it, you know, there's a lot of coaches now at the high school level that will only check in for four or five months, right? I just want to do it for four or five months, offseason stuff, kind of on your own, do your own thing. Like, if you want to be elite and be a top level coach, man, you got to be all in. Yeah. And it takes the home life 
to be the number one check mark that they're on board with you. Like my wife, man, she could have put a stop to this years ago and who knows what I'd be doing right now. She was so supportive because she cared about the kids in the community also. And we started having ours and I thought she might veer from that. And she liked the aspect of my kids having 90 brothers. Essentially, essentially, yeah. And Andy brothers, man. And Andy other family members. You know? I've said this before. Um, my wife, she never told me to stop coaching because she knew she knows how much I love it, right? Yeah. I think one thing that's very important to to distinguish between Bubba and I is Bubba grew up with his dad. Yeah. I didn't. Daddy issues, like, were were real when I was not home to be with my kids. Like, I felt like I was neglecting. Them. Yes. I, I wish that I had somebody to show me that it's okay because it, to this day, like I'm covering a game, like my mind is there. Like I, I, I like I am missing out or I'm not being a yeah. good dad. Like that constantly trickles through my mind. Okay, let's let's change topics, guys. It looks like there's a terrible, but it is cold in here. <laughs> this Fashion Nova jacket is not holding up. <laughs> okay, uh, better athlete, baseball or football player. Athlete? Better athlete. Oh, by far baseball. Not even close. Why? Hold on, why? Hold up. You can't just say, you can't just say no, it pans. Oh, no, no, no. Why? Before you, go ahead. Go ahead, Buzz. So we're talking like, let's say an athlete is not involved in, uh, he's not a football player, he's not a baseball player, and he just picks up a bat and has to hit a 90 mile per hour ball coming at him. You have to be a superior athlete to do that consistently, man. Like, there's no way. Compared to, I'm going to put a helmet, a couple pair of shoulder pads on, and I got to go tackle or bring a guy down. In my opinion, that is night and day. Who's regarded as the greatest baseball player of all time? Uh, there's You can go across the board from old school dudes like freaking Babe Ruth. Okay, stop right athletic. there. Stop right there. Stop right there. Oh, stop right there. You cannot call somebody the greatest player in the sport and look like Babe Ruth. <laughs> You cannot. Well, Jared Lorenzen played quarterback at Kentucky. Fair. Okay. He's one, he's <laughs> not he the, athletic. And he's not the greatest. Okay. Right. He's, he's not the greatest. <laughs> I will I will succeed the point that the hardest skill in sports is to hit a baseball. That is the hardest skill. But I'm gonna you can't tell me that when <laughs> the game when this is 90% of the game. Let me see three point stands. Hey, do it again. <laughs> hey, all right, hey, hey, you cannot tell me, you cannot tell me that that person is the greatest athlete. They're athletes. Man. I'm not saying they're not athletes. They're not better greatest. athletes. I, you're looking at physical features. I'm looking at like all angles of it, you know, like game of failures type stuff, three for 10 and you're a hall of famer. Like that's how hard that game is. You got to be an athlete to participate in that game. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna side with Bubba for a second. Okay. Okay. Besides a pitcher, baseball players have to play offense and defense. Whereas most football players, once they get to college, how many they gotta stick to one side? Let's define athlete. Okay? Let's define athlete. Because I can make the argument that baseball is not a sport, it's a game. Because oh, those are fighting words. The, <laughs> because of what I just demonstrated. How many times do you are you actually in play in baseball? If, if I'm a left fielder, how many how, how many balls are actually getting hit to me? There's times they couldn't be, but like you're still there's still movement. How many bats do I get in a three hour game? How many at bats? Probably four to five. Four to five yeah. Now you're saying athlete. So what is a kicker and a punter? 
Are they a football player or are they just a guy who's they're, out there? They're kickers and punters. Are they, they not athletes? <laughs> no, they, they, I because mean, a left fielder might not get every ball, but when he gets a ball 100 miles off the bat, that boy got to make a play. So that's an athlete. Whereas in a kicker and a punter, in, in that could one, be Janikowski, 280, just trots out in there. That, in that one situation where you have to make a play, the, the, what baseball players do, I'm not discounting what baseball players do, but if you're telling me that they are the greater athletes... Okay, if you're telling me that they're greater athletes, we will not agree. Because I love it. Because it's like being a five-tool athlete for baseball, right? Ooh, think about, just think, hold on, hold on. That is a great point. There is no five-tool aspects in football. There's, there is there's, five tools in baseball. Though. Five tools in baseball. Like you have to be an athlete to do it. Not to discredit football in any regard, but baseball is the hardest game on the planet. I don't care what anybody says. Hardest game. Hardest Ooh. game on the planet. I do. Like, I still like think golf, it is. Like bowling, game. No, I, no, no. Five tool, five tool athletes, man. Very few and far between on the football side. What are the five tools of baseball? If you can name five tools, legit tools. Good. No, like, you. No, like are you talking like? No, he, the like you said. Five hitting, no, I know your five tools. Hitting baseball. What, what are, hitting, five, what are baseball. the five five tools of uh, football? Oh, football. Yeah, football. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, football is infinite. There, there's no like limit to what skill you need to play football. Oh, basically, it's running and jumping. It's running and jumping in a 10, 10 by ten at your full speed max every single every single play. This is this is the argument that I get from soccer people, right? Like, oh, they just run and they huddle up, run 10, 10 sprints and take a t- ten second break. Well, then that? then do that while somebody's pushing on you. Football is the ultimate team sport, which is why it's the greatest sport in the world. It's the ultimate team sport. You can't do anything without the other person. So when you talk athletics, like, let me take a wide receiver and put him versus the shortstop, who is traditionally the first, the best baseball player on it. And what are we going to test? If we're going to test just their skill of hitting a baseball, baseball player wins. But let's test their vertical. Let's test their, their 40. Let's test that. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You're saying Mike Trout is not going to compete with any of those? In, in a 40, in a vertical, in a, a yep. shuttle run against Tyreek Hill? Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're looking at just some of the aspects of like... No, 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 you said you put Tyreek Hill in center field, fast, athletic. You think he can get to a ball in the outfield and make a catch? In, 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 uh, in I, center field? I think center? if you gave Tyreek Hill the amount of um, a month to learn... Yes, 100%. and I think Mike no. Trout would be a shut down athlete in anything he did too if he had a month to do so. I, I'm trying to picture Mike Trout, but I tied in. Oh, I'm just I, I no, think just he's some. Six three two thirty. Is he a? That's a baseball. Is, player. is he a Babe Ruth two thirty? No, no, he's, he's a. a he's a. Is he a five two thirty? He's a five two. No, two thirty. Oh man, that was good. <laughs> oh, um, I love it. Yeah. We'll we'll stick with baseball and football. Uh, whose life would you rather have, Peyton Manning or Alex Rodriguez? Alex Rodriguez. I know, I want to say why. Can I no, no. Go ahead. Because he. F- no. <laughs> because of his guaranteed contract. Guaranteed contract. You figure just a baseball lifestyle, man. Like you're not getting beat up all the time. Like Jess mentioned, you're taking you know four ground balls in a series, bro. Like Peyton Manning's getting beat up every play. You know. I mean, Clayton Kershaw makes a lot of money too. Would you rather be Clayton Kershaw? I, just, I, 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 I think I took it more as baseball or football. What would you do professionally? I, thought, no, I, I took it more no, as personal, like Peyton Manning or like personal. I mean, stuff. career achievements, money, oh, outside of the game. Tough. Yeah, I didn't, that's I didn't what, do that's, that. that's what I'm saying. I think 
Because Peyton Manning ain't really an athlete. He just stands there like this, like 30 times. He's, a, he's a quarterback, which is the hardest position in sports. Peyton's, Peyton's a good dude. I might take Peyton's lifestyle. I, I think – Great if, guy. If, if you yeah. – Like take LeBron that. James. Great guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> but go ahead. And Messi was cool too. So, yeah. <laughs> and so is Steph Curry. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you take their lifestyle, like, I mean, how could you argue against either one of them? I think if – I think Peyton Manning's regarded higher than Alex Rodriguez because Peyton Manning – is Peyton Manning. What, what, what? Before or after the steroid allegations? I mean, you can't take that away. You, you're asking me who who is regarded. I mean, R. Kelly's still a great singer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna play. We got last three questions. We're gonna play word association. Uh, Coach K, Duke basketball. Greatest. I greatest. That was easy. Social media in high school sports. Uh, detrimental. Diluted. And uh, Deion Sanders. <laughs> Excited. Prime time. Hey. I hope I hope people not I know that's not word association. I hope people actually listen to Deion Sanders and take away like Understand why all those kids are coming to here. And I think that's getting lost in translation. Yeah, understand why those kids are coming with him. I mean, I, I get why people are against it, why they're you trying. Did. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. That is but, business. Like, but that, well, here's that the thing, is, though. That is your job. It yeah. is. And it's going to it's gonna take time for those non-sayers to yeah. see the bigger picture. The same non-sayers were the ones asking for here. new coaches. Yep. And yeah. then a new coach after that. And then uh, we need better recruiting. Like, he's going to bring all that, man. It's going to take you. It's, it's gonna take years. And years if he wins, what? well, years for them to see, oh, like I said, the bigger picture. Yeah. You I think it's going to be in the minute he was hired, and it, they were immediately better. I don't care. Oh, this was before everyone signed. Like, yeah. it happened instantly. Well, gentlemen... I appreciate it. I think we did. I think we did all right. I think we'll be okay with our jobs. We did great. I think we're secure on some stuff. We didn't name drop. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, athletes, parents, kids of all ages. That's a wrap for episode seven. Make sure you check out the Coach Em Up podcast on all social media outlets: YouTube, Spotify, Spotify, Google, Apple, Apple, Google, Google, Apple. This is a wrap for episode seven. Hopefully, gentlemen. I can return in the future. I think you've earned a spot back. Thank you. We'll think about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs>